together because it really is the kingdom. And I'm so thankful for that. And so thank you for being a part of that. And God has done incredible things through this. And I, I just wanted to take one of those sermons and just preach it today because they were so awesome. But I'm not going to do that. Benton and I um, and, and my wife and Brielle, we went to Disney World last day. We went to the Magic Kingdom, and we were so excited about Disney World. My wife and I, we have, we, we're not experts at a lot, right? Not, not expert parents, not expert pastors, really not experts at much, but we are experts at shutting down theme parks. I mean, shutting these things down, it's just one more ride, one more ice cream, one more opportunity. Um, check it out. We, we were watching the fireworks show, and, and it's incredible. And after that, man, you're just left mesmerized. Okay, I can go home. So everybody starts running to the monorail, not us. We got our fast pass. We go see Buzz Lightyear. We go, we go shoot things. It's awesome. And then there's five minutes left in the park. And if you can get in line before the five minutes ends, you can ride the ride. And so that's what we did. Bits and I ran to the race cars. We got in the race cars. And man, we had an awesome, awesome time. We had an awesome time. And, and he kept saying, Dad, this is so fun. It's so fun, Dad. We're having fun, Dad. It's fun. Thank you. I'm happy. I'm like, dude, yes, me too. Disney. All those suckers left before the happiness came. You know, it's just like. It was awesome. So we're on this racetrack and we're going and it's one of those racetracks I'm so thankful for that it has like the middle part where, where if you go too far left, boom, you hit it. You too far right, boom, you hit it because he's steering, he's four. And so we keep bouncing back and forth on this thing and, and we're just giggling. He thinks it's so funny. So he's doing it on purpose. I'm like, stop it. Drive correctly, sir. You know, as we are concluding this series, uh, just one more. I, I was thinking this idea. There's three things that we are supposed to steer clear from. The, the warning signs, right? Uh, lust of the eyes, the, the, the keeping up with the Joneses, that you can never have enough. If, if your friend has something, you must get it too. You must acquire it too. And, and if you're truly keeping up with the Joneses, you'll actually get a little bit better because you want to outpace them, right? Because that's what the lust of the eyes do. They begin to search to and fro for the things that satisfy you and your longings. And then there's lust of the flesh, the things that desire our fleshly desires. And, and we know those are so real, don't we? Like uh, us walking um, with Jesus for any amount of time, or maybe you're new and you don't even know Jesus. You know like these desires, right? These pullings, these longings in your life. And, and then there's the pride of life where, where you just want to accomplish things and do things so that, so that your name would be made known, right? Your name would be great. And, and I kind of like that, right? I kind of like Chapman, you know, I, I want Chapman just be plastered all over San Antonio because that would be cool. And, and that's why we named our son Benson after a car dealership. Just kidding. But 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 we, we know these things are pulling us to and fro. And, and I was just reminded as we're in Orlando, we're on this car ride. I was reminded that life's a lot like that, that when you're with Jesus, you you fall um, to this thing called irresistible grace. That means when Jesus showed up in your life, he was so irresistible, right? Like, like, like 
you cannot resist his presence. You cannot resist Jesus. When he, when he came to you and he called your name, you remember the moment. You remember where you were. You, you remember the process or how it took. Maybe it was overnight or maybe it was over a span of time. But you knew that Jesus revealed himself and he showed up and it was irresistible. God, you're so awesome. And all I can do is serve you. All I can do is give my life away for you. You are so so amazing. And that's what I was thinking about. I was thinking about that, that in the Imago Dei, if we're created in the image of God, we have his characteristics and his attributes. I really think there's this thing in us where the desires of the eyes are God-given, are a God-given desire. The thing is, we were supposed to use them for God and God alone. And, and what's great about that is the desires of the eyes never satisfy. And you're either going to be never satisfied with your own desires or never satisfied with him. And I have chosen because he has revealed himself that I'm never going to be satisfied, completely satisfied with him. I'm going to keep drawing my eyes to him. And when I get a picture and when I get some, I want some more. And when, I, and when I experience that, when I know that, I, I want some more. And when I discover something new about God, I, I want some more. And it's like riding in the car with Benson. And, and Benson's like, this is fun, Dad. And I'm steering and I, I keep hitting the wall because I want to go over here. And I keep hitting the wall because I want to go over here. But the truth, the truth is we do the same thing, isn't it? We're all steering, and, and, and when we're doing that, we're, we're over here, and we hit the wall, but, but Jesus, in his irresistible grace, moves us back to the center line. And you know what's going to happen at the end of the days and the end of the life? We're going to say, God, that was so fun. Jesus, that was so fun. I, I love you, Dad. It, it was so awesome. It was, it was so amazing. And what Benson didn't know is if that center part wasn't there, we would have crashed. No doubt about it. I mean, he was pulling that thing like we were going somewhere over there. And, and as he did that, we, we would have died. We would have crashed. But the good news is that center was there. And Jesus, as your center, is holding you together. You're not going to crash. Oh, it feels like crashing sometimes, doesn't it? You ever feel like it's crashing? As Ashley was talking about maybe an unanswered prayer, an unanswered moment. Maybe, maybe you have um, just moved into one of these warnings and you feel like life is coming down on you. But, but that little jerk that Benson and I felt every time we hit that center line, that's God just moving you back. He's going to move you back. He, he has not given up on you. You have to trust that. And in this, we trust the process. Everybody say process. There is a process to our growth. There is a process to following Jesus. I, I never, I always want to oversimplify processes. It makes me a bad strategist. It's why Luminous is 180 and not 1800. Because, because I, I just overthink everything. Like, let's try something new and creative. And, and man, we're going to make it complex and complicated. And how do I get involved? Well, you're going to go left, and then you're going to go right, and then you're going to take two lefts, and then two rights, and then you're going to go straight, and then jump up, and then jump down, and it's going to be awesome. What? 
I don't know. Process. But, but moms understand process so well. You see, I, I was with the kids all week, and, and I understood the process. Uh, the kid wakes up. You give them milk, right? And then you brush their teeth to get all the milk off, right? And then, and then you feed them because they're hungry. And, and then you clothe them. Some people clothe them before they feed them. That would probably be a good idea, too. And you see, I'm not good at processing. But you, you feed them, and you clothe them, and then they hang out, and then it's time for lunch. And you feed them, and then you hang out, and then it's time for dinner. Then you feed them, then you hang out, then you take a bath, and you go to bed, and then repeat. And then repeat. And then repeat. And moms do this so well. Uh, Brandy does this so amazingly well that my kids know how to feed themselves, how to clothe themselves, how to brush themselves, whatever, all that stuff. They know how to do it, right? And it's a simple process. And I want, I want to petition to you today that following Jesus and knowing God's will is simple. Everybody say simple. It's simple. Jesus, when he went up to some fishermen in Mark chapter 1, verse 17, said, come, follow me, Jesus said, and I will make you out to fish for people. Uh, uh, come, follow me, Jesus said, and I'll make you fish for people. Come, follow me. A bunch of fishermen, a bunch of uneducated men who, who caught fish. It, it doesn't take a lot of intellect to catch fish. What it takes is a lot of um, being around another fisherman, and you begin to catch it. And I, I believe that's true. For us to fish for people, it doesn't take a lot of intellect to fish for people. You don't have to know everything. You, you don't have to be uh, so studious where you know every form of systematic theology. You, you have every doctrine down. You have all these things. No, just hang around Jesus and you will fish for people too. Be around him. And so there's a simple process. Everybody say start. This is how we begin the process, the, the acrostic start. The, the, the first thing that we have to do is, is if we're going to fish for people and we're going to brush our teeth and eat, we have to stop trusting in ourselves. That's the first test. We have to stop trusting in ourselves for our own salvation. And, and, and this is so hard. It's so hard for people to start because, because every Sunday we come and we like, man, I have to go to church. Otherwise, I don't know Jesus and I'm not saved and I'm not going to go to heaven. So I got to go to church. Does anybody feel like that in here? We, we have to stop trusting in ourselves because we can't do the saving. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For it is by grace that you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. It is, it is by grace. It was by grace that they put that thing in the track so Benson and I didn't crash. Because if I would have left the driving up to Benson, we would have not been here today. 
And it's by grace you have been saved, and by grace that you move, and by grace you drive, and by grace you breathe, and by grace you have life, and grace brings about eternity completely in Jesus. Grace. You have to stop trusting in your own efforts, in your own will, in your own works. And, and I'm going to tell you this. The, the Lord's Supper did not save you today, although it did. Because when his blood was spilt and his body was broken, it was grace. Grace that allowed that justification to be made known and received so that we may have life to the full with him. That's what it is. So we, we have to stop trusting ourselves. Everybody say, turn. We got to turn away from everything the Bible calls sin. Everything the Bible says not to do, we have to turn away from. 2 Timothy 2.19. Nevertheless, God's solid foundation stands firm, sealed with this inscription. The Lord knows those who are his. And everyone who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness. Everybody do like this. Yeah, we're crazy. Uh, we must turn. 180 degrees is repentance. It means that if there's, that, that we're going in life in our own way, in our own sin, with going towards oncoming traffic. And repentance is just turning around and going God's way, not your way. Third thing we must do is we must attend a connect group or a discipleship group and weekly worship experiences. We must attend them if we're going to be in this process. Hebrews 10.25, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another and all the more as you see the day approaching that we have to, we have to be together. We have to be together if you're gonna be in this process. You being alone is like skipping lunch every day. You're going to find yourself getting hungry. You're going to find yourself wearing out. We have to be together and meaning together like this. Being a family, being shoulder to shoulder, being face to face is how we grow. It's what we do. And I'm excited because connect groups are going to start back up in August, August 27th. Men, they're going to meet all over this city, and, and it's going to be the thing that helps us when the warning signs come. When you say, hey, man, I'm really do, dealing with the lust of the flesh right now. I'm really dealing with it. I'm about to get married. I'm dating this person, and it's heating up. You know what I'm talking about. And that's in that group where you say, bro, you can do it. Fight for it, man. The holiness. Keep pursuing him. Keep your eyes on Jesus. Come on, man, you got it, champ. Hey, let's pray. And you start fighting with each other. And you start building together. And God does something beautiful in the process. The next thing we must do is we must read and obey your Bible every day. <clears throat> every day. I got to read this thing every day, Pastor. I mean, I don't even know where to start or where to begin. So thankful for Life Church, who made the U version app 
You can download that right now and you can get on a reading plan. It even plays the reading to you. So you're like, man, I'm too busy to read, Pastor, or I'm illiterate, Pastor, or anything like that. You can start driving and just hit play. Just start playing it, man. And the word starts getting in you, starts changing you. And you know what I love? In Joshua 1, 8, Joshua knew this so well. He said this, the Lord said this, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. And when I think about this, I think, you know, Joshua's Old Testament. You know, we're New Testament now. We got the Holy Ghost. You know, we're filled with the Holy Ghost. We don't, we don't need to read this every day. I'm going to tell you that Jesus didn't come to abolish the law, but to fulfill the law. And there are principles and nuggets of truth in the Old Testament that you need in your New Testament living. It's important. It's important. This man knew something. And if you don't believe that, let's take some character studies of some real life people. Think about the people who were 10 years older, 20 years older, 50 years older than you. Think about their life. Think about the ones that you admire, the ones you look up to, the ones who are loving God and their children are loving God and their children's children are loving God. The ones who the ones who live it um, out there and inside, the ones who are transparent in everything, authentic and always think about those people. What do they do? Well, the men I know, they read their Bible every day. Pastor Brett. Fuller, he's one of the pastors of Grace Covenant Church, an every nation church. In 1981, he got saved on the college campus, started preaching the gospel. He started, he started doing these five things, and he started reading his Bible every day. To this day, he was sharing with us at the conference that he still reads his Bible every day. And he does like what you and I do. Sometimes he just hits play and just listens to it. But every day he reads it, today he has a church over 3,000. That is, that is 50% white, 50% black. It is truly diverse. It looks like heaven. It is incredible in every way. And that man has seven children who all love and serve God. I look at him and I'm like, that's the secret sauce. Yeah, that's it. I read and obey my Bible. Well, that's that's kind of boring. You know, I, I, I want the game. How many like the game? You know, that's, that's, the, that's the trap of video games, immediate satisfaction. It's the trap of any sin, right? Immediate satisfaction. Ooh, satisfied, satisfied, but you're really accomplishing nothing. That, that's, the, that's the trap. That's the lure. Uh, but, but what this man said, just read and obey it every day. And watch what God does. All the men I look at, that's what they do. And it's not that complicated. It's pretty simple. You know, we all brush our teeth. Some of us brush with a Sonicare. Some of us brush from the free toothbrush from the dentist. But we all brush our teeth. And if we don't start brushing, we will have halitosis. And the truth is, if you don't read and obey your Bible every day, you're going to smell. And the thing about halitosis that I find fascinating, nobody knows they have it. And usually the ones who have it are all up in your face. <gasps> right? 
because they haven't brushed your teeth in a while. They haven't done that. And I'm telling you, man, there are people who will be up in your face, but they haven't been brushing their teeth with the word. They haven't been reading their Bible, and they haven't been obeying it. They haven't been staying in these things. That's the, that's the people that I want to run with and walk with. Lastly, in our acrostic start, tell others about your new relationship with Christ. Mark chapter 5, verse 19. Jesus did not let him but said, go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him and all the people were amazed. A man just got healed and all he wanted to do was follow Jesus. Jesus, just let me go with you. And he goes, no. Go back to your town. Go back into your region of influence and start telling them what Jesus did for you. And sometimes we miss it because I'm like, man, babe, let's just leave the kids, you know, and go be with Jesus. No! Go to your kids, start telling them about Jesus. Go to your neighbors, start telling them about Jesus. Go to your workplace, start telling them about Jesus. Because when he said, follow me, he commissioned you to fish for people. I don't know anybody who is not serving the Lord. If they're serving the Lord and they're passionate about it, they're telling people about Jesus. But the ones who aren't serving the Lord or are struggling in their relationship are saying, man, I'm just pastoring, just struggling right now. It's so hard. It's just, it's so bad out there. It's so bad. And man, I've been looking at things and saying things. And I'm like, who have you been telling about Jesus? Uh, well, Pastor, no one. But that, that's the problem. You got to start the process. You have to start doing these things. These five things are so simple. They're so simple and yet so challenging challenged by these things constantly and you know it i mean you know when somebody's telling others about jesus because man there's a fire in them that's burning sometimes we wait until we have enough before we go we wait until we have enough words enough knowledge I, I, i keep reading you know um i keep getting more and more oh maybe the bible's not enough let me get some apocrypha in me and let me get some other things in me and, and uh, come on I, I need i need more and more and more and more i need more knowledge and more systematic theology and more all this you don't need more you don't need more you have enough that, that is what i'm thankful for maybe you don't know this But those who are in Jesus have power. If this is just religion and we're here for a religious duty, well, then we are studying text. And yes, we'll be moral people. And yes, we'll build a great community. And yes, there will be some great things, but it won't have power. The power of the Holy Spirit has come to us 
and has given you life. It was the power of God that raised Jesus from the dead. It's the power of God that raises you out of this water and brings new life. It is the power of the Holy Spirit, and we must go in power. And it says this, when you don't have the words, the Holy Spirit will speak. I, I, I overthink all the time. Y'all know this about me, just constantly thinking and analyzing. But sometimes I'm, I'm sitting in that conversation, you know, with maybe somebody who was, you know, moving in the, away from Mormonism and trying to find truth in Jesus. And I'm sitting there and I'm, I'm using all the words and, and trying to get them there. And then I'm like, okay, Holy Spirit, I, I just need something right now. I, I just, I, give me that word. Give me that word, Holy Spirit. And, and it doesn't work necessarily like that all the time. Sometimes like, just love him. Holy Spirit, let me love him. Let me listen well. Be there embrace that teaching embrace what he's saying and and let me speak when i need to speak but let me let me speak this hey man you want you want life follow jesus stop trusting in yourself and turn to jesus turn from everything uh, the Bible called sin, just turn away from it. Uh, attend a group with me, attend men's, the men's retreat, or attend VBS, or attend something with me. Let's begin to do that. Let's begin to read this Bible and find out what it has to say, because this fall, we'll all be doing the purple book, and we'll all read the Bible. Okay, now let's tell others about what Jesus is doing in you. Because the time that happens, it's going to be a fire that lights. Would you stand with me this morning? Romans chapter 12. Will you pull that up, angel? Verse 1, and so, dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to give your bodies to God because of all he has done for you. See, he's already done it. Let there be a living and holy sacrifice, the kind he will find acceptable. This is truly the way to worship him. Don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. Let me pray for you. Father, we thank you. Let your word speak right now. The will of God is not as mysterious as we may have imagined. A mystery because of the miraculous, yes, but... Mystery in the process of following, no. God, I pray that wherever people are in the process, that you would be with them and help them. God, those who are in here who are keep trusting themselves and, and think that they're going to be the ones who save themselves. They're going to be the ones who, who lace up their bootstraps and pull themselves up by their bootstraps and 
lace their shoes and have to make a way. No. Stop trusting in yourself. Lord, forgive us where we miss it, where we miss it in sermons, where we miss it in the worship experience, where we miss it day in and day out, where we miss it with people, where we have misspoke, where we've uh, misrepresented. Forgive us for, um, Lord, um, pulling the steering wheel to the left or to the right with the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh or the pride of life. I, I pray that you would help us turn away from that and turn towards you. Oh, when we see Jesus, things make sense. Oh, when we encounter the living God, the presence of you, it, it all is so clear. Help us do that. God, in a day and age where it's hard to commit, it's hard to attend or lead consistently, I, I just pray God, for a conviction in that, wherever there needs to be conviction in that, that you decide, Jesus. Father, we love you today, and we praise you in every way. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus, we love you.